0: Welcome to the Epic Life Podcast, episode number 17. Today we talk about how and why I ran away from home at the age of 15, how my abusive past almost made me commit suicide, and how a multitude of events saved my life. I share emotional stories regarding my time in foster care and dealing with the court system. How did I overcome this in my life? What pushed me forward to where I am now? Stick around to find out.
1: Welcome, everyone, to the episode 17 of the Epic Life. <laughs> I've already lost it.
0: <laughs> the Epic Life podcast. We've been talking
1: here, pretending we're talking for the last, I don't know, 20 something.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, we've been like totally. They're, and they're we're like, we just got
1: to start the podcast. Let's get this going. <laughs> there
0: may or may not be an after show on this podcast. And it may or well, may not be. Well, if you can keep good.
1: it under a certain time, then we under can add it.
0: Time. The after show's the best. Okay. That was funny, though. We're, that doing, was funny. We were
1: doing a little. We we're terrible at it, but.
0: We are terrible.
1: It's like our trivia.
0: Trivia, yeah. He would like say an old show, and then I would say an old show, and then he would. It was really funny. <laughs> Maybe it'll be at the end. the Oh, we're
1: gonna keep that on there.
0: That'd be funny. I we're think too we terrible at that. We are bad, but then people can laugh at us and make fun of how terrible. I know we they'd are. be like
1: shouting a thousand different shows. What and are they doing? Like, wow.
0: Well, welcome today to the podcast, everybody. I am feeling okay tonight, but today I had a tough day. Yeah. But that's okay moving forward
1: moving tomorrow's on.
0: gonna be a better day
1: yeah we went from beautiful beautiful weather for mm-hmm. a couple days and then it just all of a sudden i guess i, I think, guess like the state of wyoming or something was like shut down oh my of a big storm Snow? and it stretched from like colorado wow. all the way to wow uh canada
0: wow but guess what Chicken thursday butt. of next week on the forecast Literally says 61 degrees and sunny. We'll take that. Did you see that? I was like having a party. I I couldn't believe it. So (laughs) funny thing, you guys. Instagram and Facebook have been down all day mm. today, and it is amazing <laughs> Jeez. how much you oh, yeah, you degrees. like miss it. Because I was trying to post on Instagram, you miss it. Well, I was trying to post on Instagram because <laughs> I saw the sixty-one degrees, and I was like, "Oh my gosh! I have to share this I magical moment share. of yes. this yes. forecast with everybody wow. on the internet." everyone. But yeah, 61 degrees. I'm super excited. Like that day, I'm I'm like going on a walk. Although it might be gross and slushy with all the snow melting, but still, I'm going out. It's happening.
1: Going, going, going. But but yeah, it's been awesome to see the kids going outside. Yeah, they've and loved playing
0: it. They've loved it so because much. Because
1: otherwise they're coloring on their face with marker.
0: I know. Did anybody leave if you're on itunes that
1: was high leave us a
0: comment review <laughs> with if you saw shepherd's video of the marker that he did all over his face and all he could say like he came up the stairs i know that was so sweet as he was walking up the stairs and i hadn't even seen him yet he's walking up and he's he's saying it he's like it's okay mom it's okay it's it's okay mom it's okay. i'm like what's okay what oh no he's not something yeah
1: nice. it really isn't okay it was um, funny. It, it was funny. He I, did that to me when when he had like marker on his fingers or something. Oh, I don't know yeah. what he's doing. And then he's yeah. all,
0: "I wash my hands. It's okay. I wash my hands. I wash yeah. my hands."
1: He just kept repeating, "He washes." Oh, he always
0: try to make you feel better. Like sometimes yeah, he'll okay. come Let up, he'll like, he'll touch your face and be like, "It's okay. Don't be sad. You're happy." Hands. Like You're he'll tell. He's like, "You're happy." And that's Mom. the other one. He's You're like, "You're happy." He's
1: like, "I'm happy." Yeah. Because I there was something I did <laughs> the other day. I was like. I think when we were talking about how he we went to the dinosaur place. Oh, yeah. And he's all, I was like, yeah, everybody was getting sad because they're getting
0: tired. And he's all, not me. I'm happy, dad. Yeah. I'm happy. <laughs> he does. Like, you're so, so, cute. so cute. And and then he'll oftentimes look at me and be like, you're happy, mom. See? see? And he'll like point to myself like, see, yeah, or he'll, he'll want to so like show me and on the so camera. Fun. He'll want to like take a picture of me. It's so funny. He's so Toddler cute. Toddler years. His years right now, his like cuteness is like so... I just can't even explain it. He says the darndest, cutest things all the time now. Like Jason was reading him. Um, no, I'm thinking of a different instance. What was it? Oh, it was when you were downstairs and he was listening to Teddy Ruxpin Bear read mm-hmm. him a story. And in the story, he was listening to it and I was sitting there and there was this big hairy monster that came out of the forest and kidnapped the princess. Aww. And he puts his hands over his mouth and he's like, oh, <gasps> Oh my! <laughs> it was so cute. He's so cute. I cable. love his
1: little reactions, and that's a good memory of mine. The yeah. Teddy Ruxpin. Ooh. I had the one that had a cassette
0: tape. Oh, did you really see? I never there had that cassette. one. I did have this robot though, that I remember would walk around, and it had different buttons on it that would like do math and stuff. I don't know if you ever had that. Yeah. I also had a I little do computer. Like that, yeah. Yeah. I, I did have things. the.
1: Um, this is funny because um, we were watching, oh, one of the Home Alones. Mm. And he had the cassette recorder that yeah. you're talking. Mm-hmm. And I remember I wanted that so bad and I got it for Christmas. <laughs> and so you can, you put the tape in, you know, and you can record it and it has the microphone. Oh, that's funny. And there's the coolest thing of the 80s or whenever it that came like out. like so cool. Yeah, it was, it was awesome.
0: That's awesome. But
1: it wasn't as cool as he made it same you know how it's yeah. better in shows and oh, yeah. movies <laughs> you're it's like this isn't the, as cool as the I quality of the recording how quickly you can rewind and go back and rewind and yeah i was like it's not as like, it's awesome not, it's as it showed good. it in home alone
0: <laughs> that's i so think that's home alone too I, uh, I it must have been home alone too because i i'm like that was
1: that was not as watched obviously as yeah one, i was gonna say because so. i
0: don't remember it number one and i right. watched number one like all the time so,
1: you have to go to the other ones.
0: Well, what should we talk about today, Jason?
1: <laughs> uh, I think you know the answer, man. I do. I'm just playing around. I'm just <laughs>
0: kidding. Um, okay. So, today's podcast, we are going to talk about Are you? Well, yeah. yeah
1: it's more about Naisa Brandon.
0: Naisa Brandon. You guys can call me Naisa. I'd be okay with that. So, I mean, honestly, Nisa. people all my life have called me all different names Naisa, Nissa, Nisa. Nisa, Nisa. Like exaggerated like that, which is really like funny. Kidney. Yeah, like like there's two e's in there for some like reason. The classic was always Nysa. and there was a lady that I worked with. She was an older lady when I worked at she the was conference like center. Or something. Well, she wasn't that <laughs> old, but no. no matter how many times me or anyone corrected her that my name was Nysa, I was always Nysa. And eventually, I just I just succumbed you to just it. I was like, it. hey, you know, I'm this is, this, hi, this I'm NYSA. that's what it ended up you
1: just stop correcting at a certain point
0: at a certain point you just give in so today we're going to talk about running away from home when i left home this was right before i met jason
1: (laughs) you know what's what's weird is i remember people you know kids growing up that um in school and stuff and they talk about running away from home Hmm. and i remember being like that is the stupidest thing why would yeah. anybody want to run away and you see that in shows and you yeah. hear about it like people really oh, i'm gonna run away and then <laughs> well it is
0: it's so dumb it's so like, and even why?
1: full house or whatever i think there was enough
0: well yeah they make fun of well, it well no like, but why, but, why but i
1: remember home? really like thinking that through like as much as i was I, I you know i would be at parents and i'm like where would i go yeah why would i do that yeah, but obviously I didn't have a home like you. Were you were such
0: a logical thinker, Jason. Well,
1: I didn't have parents, you know, good well, enough reason. I'm like, yeah, you know, it'll the storm will go over and it'll be fine yeah. at some point, or I'll accept. But I had some friends, and I think there was one time a you know we we're just I don't know what we were doing, but I went over to a friend. He's all like, I I need somebody to run away with. We got you got to run away with me. And I remember, are you serious? I'm like, okay. So I kind of just did it. It wasn't like. I was like, this is stupid, you know? You actually Well, went I, I just, I didn't actually pack anything. I just was like, okay, you He's know. You're like, let's go. I don't be done. Di- I was I was literally curious about <laughs> okay. how far he would go.
0: Oh my goodness. How far did he go?
1: I don't remember. I think it was like not The even front the, door. Yeah. I mean, seriously, it wasn't. It <laughs> I
0: Because was, honestly, if you're just mad at your parent or something, you're like, I'm going to run away from home. Like where, what in the world are you going to do? Yeah. Do you go sit at the park for the afternoon. Because you know
1: that you go to somebody <laughs> else's house and they're going to. The parents are going to be like, yeah, this uh, ain't no. happening. Unless there was like real problems, yeah, like real, real abuse problems, or real yeah. whatever. Yeah. So but, what do you do? But NISA's is a legitimate yeah, runaway story. Well,
0: and as you'll hear, I I wasn't planning to run away from home right. this day. It wasn't like I... You're going to run away. Yeah I, yeah. I didn't like pre-plan this or, you know, what do they call it? Like, um, I didn't have a plan. There's a certain word, but I just at that point so I was 15 this would have been I'm trying to think of the month
1: you don't have to be so specific
0: well yeah I know I was just trying to think of how close I was to 16 because I think I was like more like you know going on 16 Mm -hmm. but I at this point in my life because I haven't shared like a ton of other younger kids stories with you guys and we will down the road but um this point in my life I had become so stressed at home and so overwhelmed that I
1: You were working a lot. I was working a lot. Trying to get away from parents. and.
0: Yeah. It, it was like my main goal. Oh. Oh yeah. You're so right. That's funny. I totally forgot about that detail.
1: Because that was at the same time, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. um, Jason was just reminding me that during that time too, because I, so I was, I was working as much as possible. And this was, so this was in Washington state. And I was between the ages of 14 and 15 when I could work at like McDonald's and Burger King and Dairy Queen, which I worked at all three of those places. They didn't really have, especially McDonald's, they didn't really follow, uh, I guess, procedure as far as how many hours a 15 year old could work. And so I i the managers loved me and like i'm not tooting my own horn but they did and i i loved my job hard
1: worker so yeah i loved my job
0: i loved everything about it and because i wanted to be away from home as much as possible they let me work as much as i wanted like there there were many weeks i would work 60 hours a week and you know for mcdonald's and for a 15 year old that's a lot of hours a week Mm. but i loved it um and but I was really super tired and super stressed from home so I was taking a ton of caffeine pills. You know those no-dose pills which I think no was dose. like It was like a big thing back. Did they make that an time. episode
1: on that on Safe By The Bell?
0: They probably was that, did. Was that the Nodos? Yeah, they probably did like I I I cuz they're basically caffeine pills. Yeah. And you, when you take enough of them and you stop taking them, you get really super jittery. Mm-hmm. So it, it does have like a weird withdraw, I guess, because it's caffeine, right? Mm-hmm. And so I was taking so many, so like I couldn't really stop taking them.
1: How how did you get into that though?
0: There, so someone told me about them, a girl that worked at McDonald's. She, she like, she was kind of, she would have definitely been a bad influence if I kept like a friendship with her. She would she was like smoked and hung out with like bad people you know wrong crowd Mm -hmm. but i remember being so tired one day when we were working and we'd all like hang out in the back and she was like hey well i have these these pills that can help you stay awake if you're (laughs) like tired and stressed and i was like yeah give me those like i didn't know i was naive
1: yeah you're like let's go to party
0: (laughs) well (laughs) i wouldn't say party i don't think you're really partying on caffeine bills because they don't They don't make you feel anything. That's the gateway
1: to ecstasy, Nisa.
0: Well, you know. Yeah, that would have been really bad if it was something worse. But they don't really make you feel any different other than they do just kind of wake you up. It's like a bunch of caffeine. It's just, yeah. At at, at
1: your age, at a young age, you shouldn't be popping caffeine pills and working yourself thin because you have a lot of stuff going on. So that's why you're shorter, isn't it? That's probably why I'm so Mm, short. That's a good
0: point. (laughs) No, it's just, you know, I remember... uh, The same girl who gave me those, she actually actually got hospitalized by taking too many because they can be very dangerous if you're taking too many. Didn't
1: you have that problem?
0: And I was taking a lot where there were times where I there was one time I had and I don't really remember this because I guess you don't really remember when you pass out. (laughs) But I just remember I was working and then the next thing I know I was in the back room. And that was with my favorite manager, who was mm-hmm. like, "What's wrong with you? Yeah. What are you doing to your life, Nisa?" And I was like, "I what happened? Like, I don't know." And I knew it was from the caffeine pills, but
1: just overworking yourself. Yeah, I was just
0: overworking myself, and I was stressed super stressed out at home. And- very abusive home. Uh, if you're like a new listener and you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's because I grew up in a home that was very abusive and very mm-hmm. very harsh. And I'm. At this into time,
1: that. they were super manipulative, though. Yeah, my parents at, at this at your point. Teen years.
0: Yeah, in my teen years, the physical abuse had mostly stopped. There were sometimes, but it was mostly my mom. Um, but for the most part, it was a lot of mental abuse and uh, the verbal abuse and the manipulation. Yeah. So, this day, and this day is so clear in my mind, I mean every single detail of everything, because I woke up this morning, and the previous day I had worked super late and I had come home and because I was taking those caffeine pills i really i had a really hard time sleeping at night mm-hmm. and so i I was sleeping very little hours at night. I mean, some nights I don't really remember sleeping at all and so when I got up to go to work this day, I was super tired and fatigued. And I had like packed my backpack and I wasn't actually going to work. So I used to often actually lie to my parents and say that I was going to work when I wasn't. I would go hang out with friends. So this would be days I wasn't working because I didn't wanna be at home. Mm-hmm. It was like anything to be away from home. So, so I would lie to them and say, you know, I'm going to work, but I'd actually spend the night at a friend's house or, whatever so this day this was a Sunday and I usually actually never worked on Sundays but I had said oh somebody called in I'm going to work but I was actually going to church with a boy that I liked which was Joel and his dad yeah (laughs) his dad was a pastor at a church in Canada and this was When you could go into Canada without a birth certificate or anything. Oh man, those were the days. Yeah, you could just drive over. Like we, uh, as teens, my friends and I, parents would take us into Canada all the time. They would just drive in like it's Mm -hmm. no big deal. Anyway, so my dad brought me into work. And ironically, as when I got out of the car, I had dropped one of my little notebooks. I used to write in notebooks all the time. Just constantly. I always had like these little journaling notebooks or notes I wanted to remember things that happened Mm -hmm. at home. Cause I was for sure one day I would get to use those and like maybe court. So I would like always keep, I would always keep like a, a record of like things that my parents were doing or saying or things that were going on. Some of those I still have some of them. I don't. So like, for instance, this one was like my most treasured important one. And for some reason, ironically, it fell out into the car when I, Left it like fell out of my backpack, I guess. <clears throat> and so I went into work. I didn't know that it had fallen out at that point. Um, but I went, I went in there and I changed my clothes because I had work clothes on, and I changed into church clothes. And then I walked across the street to a bus stop where Joel was going to pick me up. It was just across the street. So he picked me up, and we were driving out to Canada. And all of a sudden, my pager goes off. Back in the day when I had a pager, you had a pager. I had a pager. I was so cool. And it was my parents, which was really strange. My parents never paged me. It was like when I wasn't at home. <laughs> Why they did they like... want to get a hold of you? <laughs> but I knew that if my dad was paging me, it was because he probably found out I was lying. Did you have one of the cool see-through
1: ones that were pink?
0: I, I did. I had a see-through pink one. I how know how did you know me so well?
1: Well, maybe I did see it. I don't know.
0: You might have seen it. I had a black one, too, at first, but then it, it actually got run over by a car. That's another story.
1: <laughs> I had a black one, too.
0: Um, But... So we we went to church and I was just ignoring my dad's pages. We sat through church, which was like the ultimate most boring church service I've ever been to. Um, I don't remember what denomination they were, but it was like yeah, not- they were the super. Um, <laughs> it was so conservative that yeah. I I didn't even understand what they were talking Mennonite about.
1: night kind of a
0: yeah, it was really strange. But they were super nice family and like his parents were so nice and so loving. And I remember. After the church service was over, I had gone downstairs to where they have like the little nursery and I was kind of talking to the kids, but I, I completely lost it. I just started bawling and Joel's sister was the only one down there and she was like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with you? And I was like, oh, I can't talk about it. And I don't, I don't really know. I was trying to play it off and Joel's mom came down. And she's like, well, why would it, you know, why don't you come over to our house for lunch? And, you know, your parents, would they mind? And I was just like, no, they wouldn't care. So I was still ignoring my parents at mm-hmm. this time. So we went over to their house and I went to the bathroom and I was in there for a long time because I just couldn't stop crying. I was, I knew. And
1: you're not a crier either.
0: I wasn't a crier. I was very like, suck it in, hold it in. But I was overworked. I was overtired. I was overstressed. And the, I knew that. My dad had found out that I had lied, because there would have been no other reason for him to page me, and he was paging me like constantly, like every ten minutes, and so I was terrified because I knew once I went home that it was going to be hell on earth, and it was going to be bad, and I didn't, I didn't want to go through it again.
1: You didn't, yeah, you didn't have the energy and strength. I didn't. To
0: it it, it deal was like battle. It was the last straw. Yeah. Like it was, it was the last of it. And Joel's sister came in the bathroom and she was like, you got to tell me what's going on. Like, why are you so upset and what's going on? And I just spit it all out. I just told her everything. And then she had her mom come in and her her mom was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know. I had no idea. And I was like, I can't, I I just told him like, I can't go home. Like, there's just no way I can't do it. And so they let Joel drive me to my best friend's house. No, I didn't go to her house first. I went to my sister Candace's house. So my sister Candace and my best friend, they at the time lived on the same street. And my sister had like a little apartment with with a friend. And I had called my sister and I said, I'm coming to your house. This is what's happening. I mean, and the whole time I'm like a wreck. I'm not calm at Mm -hmm. all. I'm like frantic and freaking out and just like don't know what to do because I know how my parents are and I know... That they're going to react in the most extreme mm-hmm. ways. <clears throat> and also, my parents always, like, both of my parents always had a deep fear of us kids telling somebody about the abuse. And so there was always a lot of manipulation that if you tell. You, yeah. yeah, like if you tell anybody, yeah. you know, you're going to go
1: to jail, you're going to be this, Yeah. You're going to get.
0: Like my dad used to tell us all the time, if you ever tell anybody, you know, your siblings are going to get taken away uh-huh. and they'll never see each other again. And, you know, some of them might die or you know, some houses, like all these things that are manipulative. And yeah. so this is all running through my head as I'm like leaving home and I'm thinking about my little siblings at home. But at the same time, I knew that I had to go, like it was something that had to happen. Mm-hmm. So I get to my sister's house and... We're just talking, Joel's there, and we're just trying to like, what should we do? How are we gonna handle this? And then all of a sudden, about 30 minutes into that stay, we get a really frantic call from my best friend's dad. And he's like, you guys have to leave your house right now because your dad is on his way there right now. And he is in a rage. And Candace and I knew like, oh my gosh, okay. Like we were scared. You know, it, it was a scary situation because when my dad got angry, there was a lot of abuse. And so we knew this was
1: a dangerous the situation.
0: Time? She so she I mean, would 18? have been 18. Yeah, she was like 18 because she she was living on her house. She was like mm-hmm. 18, 19. <clears throat> and so we got just jumped in the car. And as we were driving out of our driveway, like we saw my dad. And so we kind of went around the block and we circled for a while lost him and ended up just going back to my best friend's house. And we were in there for a little bit and I'm just like sobbing and I'm telling them everything and I'm saying this is what happened. Um, and they knew, like my best friend and her family kind of knew that there was abuse at the house, but they didn't know the extent of it. And so as I continued to tell them, they were like, oh my gosh, okay, thing, you know, I'm so glad you're telling us and we're gonna do everything we can. And then Candace calls Gary, which is my best friend's dad, and says, "Oh my gosh, you have to get Nisa out of the house because my dad's coming to your house." Jeez. And so we literally get in the car and my dad's chasing us around town for like it what felt like the longest time. Was it, this
1: in the like afternoon, late at night? No, or? this was at night. Wow. This was like
0: it was dark outside. And he's chasing us around like not losing us and we're going and you know Gary's trying to lose him. And I just remember feeling so terrified and also thinking, what in the world have I just done? Yeah,
1: he's like become a madman that's just...
0: Yeah. Well, when you come from like um, a manipulative abusive house, you kind of blame yourself for certain things. So I remember thinking that I had caused all this problem. So when I had my sister worried now, I had my best friend's family like driving me around town, running away from my dad. Yeah.
1: They're all involved now. It's like, yeah. yeah. So I had a
0: point where I was like, you guys, maybe just let me go. Like, just let him take me because I don't, you know, because I always had like this, I don't ever want to bother people and I don't ever want to bring my problems upon Mm -hmm. people. Um, But they were like, no, no way. Like, we love you and, you know, we, we want to help protect you. Anyways, we ended up losing him. And the only reason we ended up losing him is because my sister Candace had said, had called my dad and said, meet me at Fred Meyers, which was a grocery store, and we'll talk. And so they ended up having conversations at Fred Meyers that night. And Candace has told me what they talked about is that they, she flat out just said, laid it all on the table and said, dad, why has all this abuse happened? This has happened to Nisa has been physical, mental, sexual, all this kind of abuse. And my dad just pretty much upright
1: denied denied everything,
0: just like usual, you know, but Candace at that point was just like, no, these things have happened and niece is not going back home, and that was that was pretty much it. They had like this emotional conversation for hours and hours, and um.
1: Wait, they, your dad actually put up with that for hours?
0: Yeah, because so because the thing is, is my dad. He always wanted to. First of all, he had to always have the last word.
1: Well, that's true. I remember, and that. he's
0: always works very hard at trying at manipulating mm-hmm. you. So, as kids, I remember we would see things happen some kind of abuse that would happen um, or something would happen to us. And he would always take us aside and tell us that we never saw that. Like he would always make it a point to say, oh, you know, you never really saw that. Sometimes we imagine things and it's very confusing. And so hes that's always been something that he's tried to do is manipulate what has happened and what you saw set because what Candace had told me, she you know, my dad had said to her, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, you're fabricating all these things in your mind. I've been like... So I'm he a, wasn't
1: angry at that point. No, he wasn't
0: angry at all. He was like very calm because that, that's what my dad would do as part of manipulation. Very calm. Almost like, how could you do this to me? Like, I've been amazing. Like this very mm-hmm. manipulative... You <laughs> well, know, just because you were saying
1: that he was driving around... And he was angry and he was mad. Yeah.
0: But in public and stuff and like to manipulate so he, you. Yeah.
1: So if he would have confronted you with all these people.
0: Yeah. And at home, it would have been a different situation. I, because of my age, I probably wouldn't have been physically abused. Right. It would have been a ton of mental. Yeah. A ton. It would have been hell on earth if I would have gone back home. Um. So, so that happened. And then, and while she was there, I went back to my best friend's house and everything, told them everything, just like, did, you know, didn't know what to do. Um, as we came back home, ironically and sadly, I like barely walked in the door and I say home, but I met my best friend's house and I found out my aunt died. And that was like, like icing on the cake in like a negative way because I really loved this aunt. This was my Uncle George's wife. Mm-hmm. And I used to see her all the time. Like I used to help her grocery shop because she had some disabilities. And so it was just like all these things that piled on. And I was so overwhelmed. I thought I like literally cannot handle life. And it, I just can't do it. There's just nothing that anyone could say to me that could ever make anything better. And you know when you're a teenager, you're already kind of... You have you know, little all things, those happen. hormones yeah and stuff going on. And,
1: but then you pile on your past and the caffeine and the not sleeping. Yeah. And the,
0: well, I was still taking the caffeine right. pills because
1: and, be and addicted to it then. with how
0: my brain was working. I think it was like I hadn't slept for so long because this was nighttime and the night before I hadn't really slept and I was already plain exhausted the morning I woke up to go to church. I mean, I was so tired and this was actually why I think I got mono, um, because I ended up getting mono that same week and.
1: Cause you were kissing somebody. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, they say it's a kissing disease, but it's actually not. <laughs> you, you get it from usually can, yeah, exhaustion, it's, it's easily
1: but it's contracted.
0: Yeah. You can like from a drink water or something, but I did end up getting mono and I was super sick for like a month. It was it was your immune system was horrible. Shot. Yeah, it was horrible. But during that time, it weaned me off the um, the caffeine pills because I didn't really take them much after that again. Sometimes I would try to, but I pretty much stopped that. Um. So yeah i I was there at their house for about that month, and after my mono was starting to get better and everything, that was when. I started, oh, maybe it wasn't a whole month. It must've just been a few weeks. Because anyways, I started to get really serious about what was gonna happen with my siblings. And DSHS had gotten involved and they had already been trying to do an investigation. I mean, they had come to my work which was so embarrassing. I was working and the social worker comes up with her card and it just in front of everybody, it's like no discretion, was like, I'm um, with Child Protective Services, is Nisa Brandon, or Brandon, why I've had that last name for (laughs) so long. My maiden name's actually Landon. And I was like, I was so mortified that they were there because I didn't want anybody to know, like I was ashamed of like my family.
1: You didn't really talk about it.
0: I never talked about Mm -hmm. it with anybody no one ever knew everything
1: was copacetic in your life and you yeah. just worked hard and homeschooled yeah. and
0: yeah no one ever knew so it was like what is this child protective service person doing here for nisa like what's going on um i was just it was horrifying anyways they that same day so i had to get off work because they legally had to take me and they just took me from from there and we went who, back
1: who did somebody report it
0: so I, I reported to social services because my parents would never get involved with social services. Right,
1: But, but you were, because at yeah. that point your dad, like, okay, I, he, Nisa can stay at her friends or whatever. He didn't fight it, obviously. No.
0: And he knew he couldn't fight it right. because he would have to get DSHS involved and he would never do that Right, because he would never want someone coming to his house or interviewing his kids.
1: So you contacted them? I
0: yeah. Well, Gary and Georgia, so my best friend's family did for yeah, me right. to advocate for me because I, I was so worried about my siblings and I wanted them out of. I wanted to get them out of the house, and that's why you know. Mm-hmm. So, so social services showed up like the day they called. It was like a big deal, and they took me and drove me back to uh, my friend's house. And they were like, well, pack your things and everything because we have a foster family for you and they're out down in Seattle and that's where you're going. Jeez. And I was like, what? And now I I can't go. Like I, then I, I was like, what about my siblings? You know, I thought they were going to do something for them. Yeah. Not nice. me. You're, I hadn't assumed this was you're about.
1: You're like, you're, you're, you, you're taking care of right now. Yeah. You can I, take care of yourself and then you have a family to stay with. Yeah, so. exactly.
0: I was like, I'm fine. It's my siblings you need to go get. And they were like, well... So when my parents found out that DSHS got involved, they decided that they were gonna claim that I was a runaway teen. Mm. And so they put in a report that I was a runaway. And wow. so DSHS was actually on their side at that time. And it. I had two choices at that time. I could go home or I could go into the foster care. Those were the only two options they were giving me.
1: What was, in- did they have something wrong with the maze?
0: So because they weren't they weren't licensed foster care home. You have to be a li- licensed foster care home to have a foster child in your house.
1: So you can't you can't be a f- friend, family, somebody that's like not unless to. not unless the
0: parents agree. And my parents obviously didn't agree to that.
1: That's kind of a weird, yeah, like circle circular. Yeah, logical. well,
0: because government and everything, mm-hmm. they have to follow the rules. Um. But I was, I was so frantic. I remember running around the front yard just because how, and I don't know if this is in every case of DSHS, but in my case, they just grab you and put you in the car.
1: Even at that age.
0: Even at that age. They don't care how you feel. They're just like, this is my job and this is what you're doing. And they were treating me like a runaway teen, not like a victim. Oh my God. And I was just like running around the yard. I was like, you're not taking me. I was, and all, I was like, my siblings are in my house right now with my parents who are extremely abusive. And I was just like yelling all over the yard about all the abuse that was happened in our house. And I was like, there's no way you're taking me. And there's no way you're not gonna go help my siblings. And I was just like spewing out everything. Mm -hmm. And there was two of them there. And one of the social workers was like, okay, calm down, calm down, calm down. We will, we will work this out, we will figure this out. And so she called her boss or whatever and they allowed me that night to stay with the maze with my best friend's family while they worked it out. And so they actually went to my parents' house to do an investigation. And I've learned from my siblings that my dad prepped them for this interview, uh, made them wear like clothes up to their neck so they didn't see any bruises and like Janelle has told me that he, they um, told him exactly what to say. Like if if the social worker says anything that's bad about our family, um, just say the opposite. So if they say, do you have food and clothes and are your parents nice? Say yes. Hmm. So just make sure all your answers are good.
1: It's amazing and, that they can't see through that.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, you know my dad even, Jason. Like you know how manipulative he is. My parents can manipulate st- people, they're master, I, I consider them master manipulators. They know how to pull on people's like strings and my dad can come across very calm, very fragile, very like, I don't know why she's doing this. I mean, I, I just don't understand. <laughs> and and my siblings are all very quiet. Anyways, they had that interview and they concluded that um, at that point, that they weren't going to do an investigation they weren't going to take the kids out of the house and that everything seemed fine well i was i irate about the situation and i was insistent and i know that um gary and georgia they ca- continued to call and say no you guys need to keep investigating this and investigating it um anyways what ended up happening we went to court over the whole thing and the what cor- was the
1: time frame of that
0: um, this was probably a month in.
1: So where were you staying then?
0: Oh, okay. I should say that. They did. And well, they hadn't granted it yet because they did that at court. But um, they they had allowed me to stay with Jem's family. I was still at their house, but I was supposed to be at this um, foster care family's house in Seattle. I just, it was like. The social worker, one of them, was like trying to be understanding. I feel like she could really see the emotion, and she could really see. Cause you're still
1: working. Yeah, she could see I was serious. So they they were
0: they were giving some leniency and stuff until the court date. Well, we went to court, and long story short, I won't go into those details. But um, my best friend's family did end up. They had to go through some classes, and they had to go through some stuff. But they ended up, um being able to be my foster family. Mm-hmm. And so they did that for me. And when we were at the court hearing, the judge ordered that my parents and me see a counselor, but at separate times.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, the crazy part about it is, is that they they made us see the same counselor. It wasn't a different counselor, it was the same one. So there's like no, uh, like no I don't know what you wanna call it, um, objectives or
1: yeah because they're hearing this made-up story from your parents and then they're hearing your side so yeah it's not being very objective on like comparing notes between two different counselors or something
0: right it wasn't saying well i believe
1: nisa on this it's more like your parents can like you said if they're that Mm -hmm. good at manipulating
0: oh yeah it and then was bad i can
1: obviously try to manipulate the counselor that you're just a crazy ting going through this time and mm-hmm. look at her flag pants they're silly well, it
0: was it was like i and i didn't know that they we were both. by the way the nisa
1: had really funny flag pants that's why <laughs>
0: i made them that was my joke about that, that was i had to experiment with my clothes back then because they all like i would get clothes from goodwill and be so excited! This is the like early two thousands, late
1: nineties. I was
0: cool, Jason. Skater cool. skater
1: wear was cool. So <laughs> it was very really baggy. Cool. It was so cool. <laughs> yeah, you looked good. Sorry. I go know ahead. I
0: did. <laughs> Fabulous. Um. Anyway, so I uh yeah, so I've seen this counselor, and I've been seeing her for about a month or so, and every single time I talk to her. She would talk to me like I was a troubled teen. She would mm-hmm. talk to me like I had these problems and ask me about different scenarios and situations that didn't have anything to do with my abuse from home, but it more had to do with with why are you so troubled and
1: why do you treat your parents this yes, way? Yes,
0: it was like why, you know, why why do you feel like you treat and I started to learn that okay, I knew that they had to be seeing the same counselor. My parents were mm-hmm. so manipulative. And I did learn later on from the the court um, because we had to go to court several times. But one of the hearings was my parents were standing up there and they were like, yeah, we just, you know, we were doing this counseling and, you know, we've talked about, we, you know, why she might be doing these things and, you know, why she's so troubled. You know, we've always taken our time and our energy to pour everything mm-hmm. for her. We buy her everything. We've always been there for her. We really don't understand, you know, why she's, why she's so re- troubled out. and why she yeah. does these things. I mean, look at her, you know, type of thing. So, why
1: she's acting out. She's being rebellious.
0: Yeah. yeah. And I... And I, I have to say this because it's an important piece of the puzzle is that I, um, for probably the year or two prior, I was cutting myself a lot on my arms to just release pain. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really understand it at the time. I didn't understand that teenagers do that when they're trying to release emotional pain yeah. because feeling physical pain can really help release that um, emotional pain. But I always wore long sweatshirts, like no one ever saw my arms or my scars and everything. But my best friend's dad, Gary, had seen them one day. And he he already knew about it, but I had said I had stopped, but with all the stress, I didn't. Mm -hmm. And when I was going into a counseling session one day, he had seen, and he was like, "Oh, he's like, niece, you gotta talk to her about that. (sighs) You know, You need to at least mention it. And I really looked up to Gary. And so as hard as it was, I did bring it up in the counseling session. And, and it was during that counseling session that I knew like, I, I'm not going to get help by this counselor Mm-mm. because this counselor started asking me like, why would I, why would I have a reason to cut myself? And I I would tell her, I would say, well, I don't really understand it myself. All I know is that it makes me feel better because I'm so stressed and I have all these memories and I get nightmares and it was never about me. It was always about how could I be doing this to my parents? So there was so much manipulation Jeez. going on there that.
1: It, that's a terrible counselor. It,
0: it really was. Well, it was a state paid counselor. And so I don't know how professional they were. Well, Because this was, this was appointed can be by good, the court.
1: Yeah, there can be good counselors.
0: Yeah, this one was but, not
1: but very objective,
0: very partial to whatever right. my parents were saying. And they I they was shouldn't
1: just, do that. They should look yeah. at each person, each situation, each, yeah. you know.
0: Well, when Gary picked me up that day, I was like. I, I can't do it. I said, I don't know. I'm not getting help from them. They're having me draw pictures and tell them why I'm doing this. And as the I'm trying to be open and I'm trying to tell them, but they're they're not listening to me and they're not helping me.
1: Yeah, because you want to see some progress in getting your getting your siblings out or getting yeah. your parents, because yeah. right now they're just they're safe. Yeah. They have nothing going on. They're yeah. just like, okay, well, and I mean, I was so in angry. our favor. So, yeah, you know, and granted, it's like that area too, I know has a lot of struggles with teens. And yeah. so that's what I'm wondering, like my thought is, okay, there's a lot of kids that they're dealing with and they just see it's a lot of times it might be the kids being, yeah. you know, obviously it's court ordered. So obviously the problem could be related to they're mm-hmm. dealing with a lot of kids that are runaways that are troublemakers that have problems. Right. So that's what's kind of sad is that your situation is unique. Yeah. And they didn't really look at the whole picture. They just assumed your parents were right and they yeah. were good people and they were yeah. So well, that's and, what Well, and they're makes so good sad.
0: at how they talk to people. They're so good at uh, Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, that's but as, like a criminal But the problem mind. is that
1: they're putting you in a box of Right. Nisa's just being rebellious. She's hurting herself. Mm-hmm. and so she's just depressed about something she's struggling with something yeah and we're just gonna you kind of go in that yeah and we think the parents are right and yeah. there's nothing wrong with. well the and because
0: dshs the stopped their investigation at that point uh, yeah there you go. um i don't think they had fully stopped but they had pretty much said i don't think anything's wrong with the family mm-hmm. um that they just really discounted everything that i was saying yeah that's um, sad Well, what ended up happening so one of the times when we went to court i think this was the last time we went to court um so gary and georgia had like been advocating for me the whole time and they had been in contact with dsa just about my siblings that time went to court i i was like this time like i had planned this all in my head and i was like this time when i go to court and i had talked to gary about this and i said i don't care what happens like i don't care how i sound i don't even care if they put me in jail i was like i'm gonna speak up in there and i'm gonna talk and i'm gonna say what's really going on mm-hmm. because if i don't they're gonna continue to believe my parents and this cannot happen and so this court hearing um my parents and i we were there at the same time but we were um in front of the judge at different times so we we weren't mm-hmm. allowed to be in the, your case, in yeah. the courtroom at the same time and when we went in there, you know, they ask you all these different questions and, you know, make you swear in and all this different stuff. And I remember as they were like, do you swear to tell the whole truth? Nothing but the truth. And I was like, yes. Like, I was really upset. I was like, I'm telling the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. <laughs> and they they kept asking me these questions, but you weren't really supposed to talk or interrupt. You were just yeah. supposed to kind of answer the questions as they're asked. But I was like, This is like, the judge
1: asking. Yeah. yeah. You're
0: just there. It was just a really small yeah. courtroom. There was no, no one in yeah. there. It was just the judge and just me. And I knew that it was disrespectful to interrupt a judge, but I didn't really care at that point. And I just, I just started telling him. And I was like, You don't understand. And I was like, You, my siblings are at home being abused. I grew up being abused. My parents hit us and slapped us and hurt us and burned us. And they, they like, I, I don't know. You're I just, just went off. Yeah on all these things and I said, and, and I showed him my arms and I said, you know, for some reason, like the counselor thinks that I'm cutting my arms or that I'm depressed because I'm some depressed teen that just wants to commit suicide or something. And nobody seems to know why, or it's just teen hormones. That's not what it is. I said, I do this because of the pain for my family. I do this because my parents have hurt our family so much. I don't care what they say to you. I don't care what they do to you. And he he let me talk. He let me say everything that I wanted to say. It was a really emotional testimony. And um, like I remember, because uh, they had like a bailiff, you oh, know, yeah. in there, and then Gary was in there, and it was like everyone's eyes. And but I was really I was really upset, but I was really serious. And I had told the judge at the end. I said. I just swore in here that I would tell the truth, and this is the truth mm-hmm. and if you don't do something, my siblings are gonna reap the havoc they're gonna yeah. they're gonna be the next ones in line and and then at the very very end, you know, I also asked if I um could pick my own counselor, you know, and he let me, and that was when um Gary actually started letting me see a Christian counselor mm. and which we had to pay for but that you know they helped pay for that which was awesome but it was after that hearing that they reopened an investigation on my parents the judge had ordered that and i didn't know at the time mm-hmm. but i but learned sure. later that because of that reopening of the investigation that my dad actually took all my siblings and took them to oregon and stayed at my uncle's house for uh, almost a year it was like months and yeah. months and I learned later that they basically lived in a basement. In a basement. and they didn't see daylight. Yeah, yeah. Like Janelle said that um, she doesn't remember ever going outside, or they were just like in a basement. She didn't really ever know they would like be brought food. Mm-hmm. They weren't allowed to do anything, see people. And then at some point, I guess DSA just just wrote them off because at yeah. some point they came home. And there was never any other. And the whole time when I was teen, I thought that wow, they. After all that and after me talking to the judge, they did nothing. Right. But I didn't know that my dad had taken my siblings. He fled. That he fled with them. Um and I also wanted to say too, at that court hearing I had asked the judge, Can I go to my house and get some of my things that I wanna get? But I don't want my parents to be there when I do it. And so he did allow that and made it so my parents couldn't be home when I went there. And so I did get to go there and I think that's why I have, like I, I barely remember going there. I think I was so nervous and I was so, mm-hmm. um, like there were so many memories flooding back to me when I went there that a lot of the things, because you know I have like my Care Bear and mm-hmm. my like t-shirts and, like different memorabilia from my childhood and stuff and I don't ever remember taking it. The only thing I remember about that day was that I was at the top of the stairs and my littlest brother, Micah, who's like the, I, I sometimes seven or something. Yeah, he was six. Sometime I'll tell you guys the story about him and how precious and important he was to me. Um, but I remember being at the top of the stairs and just leaning down to him and telling him and saying, Hey, I'm leaving, but I promise you, I promise you I'm coming back for you. I promise you, I will get you out of here. I promise you I'm coming back. And then I just gave him a hug. And that's really all I remember mm. about that day and like going there. And that was like my only mission was to get my siblings out of there, like t- to get them out. And it just haunted me for years and years mm-hmm. that they I really did. I could never do that. And and I'll tell you um, in another podcast, we'll do one where uh, we, I, we I actually finally did get him out of the house, but it was not till many, many years later.
1: Well, yeah, even that was... Yeah, yeah. Tough. Like you said, another si- another story, situation. But- yeah. Oh man. But I lived but he's with. Doing awesome now.
0: Yeah, he's doing awesome now. I can't wait to talk about that. Um, but yeah, I I left there, and that was the last time I saw my parents for years. And um, I lived at the May's house, uh, my best friend's house, for that that year, and then at some point. My brother Joe, who I had, I didn't even really know, he was I mean he was so much older than me. He could have been yeah. my dad. I you think saw was, him a couple of times when you were younger. Yeah, then. he was like forty seven or so or something. Thirty seven, maybe. Yeah, maybe he was like thirty seven. Yeah. yeah, I think that's more correct. And for some reason, he got in contact with um, the maze and said, "Hey, I want I will, I'll take my sister. i to well, bring her he down." Well, he kept here. in
1: regular contact with their parents.
0: He did. So
1: he must have. They must have told him about.
0: Yeah, they must have told him somehow he found out Mm -hmm. really, really good guy. Like he, um, I, I truly believe so he's, he's in his fifties now and he's not married. And I really believe that he's never been married and he's never, um, yeah, I guess just like started his own family because I have always believed that he was born to help his siblings because he's helped many of us
1: Well, and other kids. And That's other kind of kids. like his mission is like he's always yeah. been there to support and help people. He's always
0: had a passion and yeah. mission for youth, kids, and mm-hmm. troubled youth. Troubled and, youth, yep. And he just does so well at it. And so he he called and said, "Hey, I want Nisa to come down here. I want to put her in school. I want to help her."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I did. I went down there, and I was scared because I didn't really know him very well but i was excited too it was and
1: that's the only way you met me though. that's
0: the only way if I met that never you. happened if that never happened yeah if i would not have gone down there to live with joe that wouldn't no. have happened and if there's you a didn't piece break
1: down that day that I, all might have not have happened either oh i know if yeah, nothing I mean, happened yeah all those domino domino little things. pieces yeah
0: it was like i didn't know that i was gonna meet jason
1: <laughs> that was the start of you meeting me it was that it was, was the journey. start
0: Excuse me. I hope you guys didn't hear that. I just burped. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now seven kids later.
0: Yeah, so I'll stop there. Um, but yeah, I just, I think the whole thing was a miracle. I really look at it that way because if I wouldn't have left home and I would have gone home, I think it is very possible I would have committed suicide because I had already attempted and thought about it several times before this event. Yeah, yeah I remember I that. knew in my heart that... I I I wasn't gonna live very long if I continued to live in my parents' house because the environment was so toxic yeah. and so evil that you just, you can't be normal. Like you can't think normal. You can't, um, there was no happiness, no joyfulness. It was just dark Always and depression dark. and evil. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Something, something just was so, just beyond wrong. And so, yeah, I th- it, the whole thing, every little thing that played out, I, I do truly believe it. it's just a miracle that yeah. it all happened the way that it did. Because, I mean, I would never have met you, Jace, if all those little tiny events wouldn't have taken place. Like, I couldn't have gone back and seen Micah if I wouldn't have, like, stepped up and talked to the judge, which mm-hmm. was not my personality, it wasn't really my personality. Too. Well, because, yeah,
1: you were always meant to be submissive.
0: Yeah, your, right.
1: Yeah, your parents were always holding you down. So right. you speaking out for yourself was...
0: It was a really big deal. Yeah. And um, it was really surprising. Like, I, I remember Gary was just like, I am so proud of you. Like, yeah. oh, my gosh. And he was, wanted He wanted to tell everybody. <laughs> and I, you know, and I was, I was proud of myself, too, because I felt like I I, I did something that maybe could help the situation. And yeah, so every everything everything just played well and, played there for a purpose
1: to some degree. You know, even though it's sad that your siblings stayed there for quite a while, mm-hmm. I didn't they say that that your parents were a lot less yeah. abusive. They they were just lazy and didn't do anything. Yeah, but, so I mean, they they then just became sheltered and. Yeah. Yeah, I have. Obviously, it was still uh, manipulation. There's still like mean talk. Yeah. But there was less. Yeah, I've I've talked to my
0: siblings over the years. Some of them, the ones I've had contact with about what happened after I left. And they did say my parents were so scared of CPS that Mm -hmm. the physical abuse did end pretty much. I I didn't I don't think that there was really any physical abuse after that, but there was still a lot of mental abuse and a lot of manipulation because you can I can um, hear it in. Not Janelle, but like Jeremy and mm-hmm. even Micah a bit. They're they have a hard time realizing, uh, not realizing. What what would you say? Like um,
1: confronting that, confronting
0: though? the truth. I think because they're confused. Yeah, they were so much younger when I left. So yes. Micah was six when I left, and Jeremy would have been like eight. Ish.
1: that's so young still and man.
0: they were so young that they were told so much and because janelle's told me this as soon as i left at, all the focus was how bad i was right how toxic yeah. i was how i ruined the family yeah.
1: how the i did didn't do anything wrong. it was all nisa yeah it was
0: all me it was all me. wasn't
1: at one point it was Candice was the yeah. problem and yeah. then it reverted to you
0: yeah and um so they heard they've heard this so much and they've been so manipulated into like Nisa's bad. She's the conditioning wrong. Of She's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so um I think it was really difficult and it still is because I don't talk to a couple of my siblings who do think that I do have problems that I am bad because of they have been manipulated so much, which but is there's so no sad. There's no way
1: to contact them. That's that's kind of the trouble. No.
0: There's no way to contact them, but it, it is a really sad situation. Uh, you know, my my siblings, they some of them unfortunately really don't know that they've been manipulated. They don't know, yeah, that you can't know when you're in that
1: environment. Yeah. Cause yeah.
0: as far as I know, there's even a sibling still with at my parents house who mm. is in his twenties and maybe doesn't even know he's twenties. You know, I don't know because they are so there was, was so much sheltering and so much abuse that if you don't have that strong mindset and you don't have that, I guess, personality like I had, well, you guys you had
1: can, a little bit more outlets too. You, yeah. you know that was kind of a like think, we the got to thing. work you got to work yeah you met Jem when you were younger so you yeah. were able to play with somebody who had a different life you know True. knew the outside world yeah and even Candace she was an older sibling that you were able to you know you guys were able to read books and work off each other and yeah pretty much educate yourselves yeah
0: well and my other siblings uh, uh, some of them were not lucky like that at all right well that they didn't exactly. have anybody
1: the, the difficulty. And And even when you were talking about like an Addy, even though it was like you guys had shelter, you still had some friends on the outside you were able to play with. Right. And after you left, Mm -hmm. some of your siblings did get to play. I remember that one house that they were in, they got to get out. But but then it kind of almost reverted back at some point. Yeah, it was like... When video games became something they can do all the time. I feel
0: like my... um, So my three or my two middle brothers and then my youngest brother I do remember them riding bikes and playing around with some kids but, but then Micah, yeah, it's some, but that's
1: I think I'm wondering how Micah if he was yeah able to yeah
0: because Micah Micah had much more personality like me yeah they kind of because I, I would have been like some of my other siblings that were just hermits and like mm-hmm. totally just subjected to the darkness of the house and the evil yeah but it's almost like per- that
1: introverted personality, but he's yeah yeah.
0: But our personalities were both like we got to get out of, out, and we yeah. want to see the world, and and so I think that has obviously that really helped in Micah's situation. And sometime we'll talk about that on another podcast about yeah. like maybe where some of my siblings are now. Um, but yeah, I hope that helps. I mean, I've gotten this question quite a bit asking, you know, you when I left home and that? yeah, and I mean as far as overcoming it, I I don't think there's any one profound moment or situation well, I think a big
1: thing that really helped you was uh, um just before you met me mm-hmm. was when you're at crc yeah that's true so that's a christian renewal center center yeah and that's it's true. just you know they do a lot of camping stuff there and summer camps and mm-hmm. then they have retreats for people and families and true um but you had a summer mm-hmm. th- before the campers started yeah. You said you got to really reflect and yeah. go out in nature and just kind of... Yeah, my
0: brother sent me up there yeah. and he gave me a guitar at the time. He, That's right, yeah. When I lived with him, he had like two rules when I lived there. I need to go to school and I need to learn an instrument.
1: Those are and, good rules.
0: Yeah, and I went to school and I was... And read your Bible? Yeah, well, yeah. And I, I played guitar and and I picked it up really quickly and I really enjoyed it. And so when I went up to that camp, they, they had said yes, that I could come up there before the camp start to have some, you know, Christian, some counseling, Christian counseling. Yeah. And, um, and I just, worked and you work though.
1: You, yeah, I was gonna say, so you're working. Yeah. You're but I met some, some amazing yeah. people There's there. Some great people there.
0: It, it was that, I mean, if there was a profound moment of change, it was that, yeah. because if I wouldn't have gone to that camp, I was already meeting people in a bad crowd at the college that mm-hmm. I was going to. Um, I was going to a college for like high school classes and different stuff. and there was a group of people that I started hanging out with. Now what's ironic about that? Oh, here we that go. Yeah. same person yeah. I still this I know if every little thing did not fall into place, I wouldn't <laughs> have met Jason. I wouldn't be here today because I was hanging out with this kid. And he was not a good influence. He was into drugs. They were doing marijuana, and he had a friend. He, this guy, was like heavy, like <laughs> jewelry and tattoos and, and everything,
1: piercings and
0: yeah. And you know, there was a couple occasions where they were all going back to their house to like smoke weed and stuff. And I, I didn't have friends, and I wanted to be mm-hmm. a part of it, and I really liked. They're just guy. trying to
1: find some kind of connection. Yeah, with
0: people. and each and every time when they went this one of the the guys he's like oh no no he's like you're not coming with us i'm like well yeah i want to go no you are a good girl you do not need to be involved in this in this life you don't need to this will drag you down i am too far gone but you Mm -hmm. don't need to be and i remember when joe told me that i could go up to the camp i didn't want to go because i was going to be alone up there for the most part except for the older yeah, you know the adults that bit. were there and it kind of scared me and intimidated me a new place that i didn't know and i had mentioned it to him his name was mike and he was like oh no you're going you're going <laughs> and i was like oh i don't really he's like no because you you your life is going to do something better my life because he was i he was in his late 20s or something at the time he's like i'm i'm here doing ged classes and i'm smoking weed that you don't need to do that, you yeah. don't need to follow that life. Yeah. I made a bad decision for mine, and you won't. And that's awesome. He pretty much was like, You're going and you're gonna do it. And so that's why I ended up going. And if it wasn't for that, I I would have probably ended up on a totally different path. And so 17 all these, years later, yeah. And oh, yeah, I totally forgot.
1: <laughs> I, that's, I thought that's oh where my you're gosh. going. I
0: wasn't because I totally forgot. Wow. I mean, I didn't forget, I was just so focused yeah. on.
1: On that that time.
0: Yeah, you guys, this is so funny. I definitely have to mention this. So, that guy, all the years that I was married to Jason, and as I got older and just really reflecting on how everything that played a piece and every person that played a part in me healing and really becoming the person that I am now, I wanted to thank those people. And I got to thank pretty much everybody except for that Mike guy. And it, I always, I never knew his last name. I only knew that he's, people nickname. called him Mike.
1: Well, what was his nickname? He had a um, Bobby or, no Mickey. Well,
0: Mickey. Mickey. People called him Mickey or maybe it was Mikey. Mikey or Mickey. I can't remember. I thought, there
1: was, I thought he had a silly. Anyway, go ahead.
0: Yeah, I don't think so. I think it was just Mikey or Mickey. Anyways, he, um, I always wanted to thank him. I always wanted to just say, you know, if you wouldn't have done that for me. I, I really wouldn't be here. Like, I don't know where my life would have gone to. And this probably is so unbelievable to most people, but this actually happened. When so this I, was an organ
1: this, that Nisa met this guy.
0: This was an organ that yeah. he was there. And, you know, he, this guy was very distinctive, right? He had a very particular look. He had ton, His whole you, body was you, tattooed. He yeah, certain
1: tattoos that you're able to... He had
0: all kinds of facial yeah. piercings. I mean... He had a, such of a, a distinct look about him like his stature and everything that you really can't mistake mm-hmm. him for somebody else.
1: And then what happened?
0: Well, so after Cosette was born and we decided to go get our ears pierced, we went to a tattoo parlor to get they our do ears it pierced. The best. Yeah, cuz they do it the best. And we walked into the tar- tattoo parlor and, you know, we were waiting and everything. The tattoo or the piercer came out and the whole time I'm thinking, gosh, this guy looks mm-hmm. so I remember familiar. when you walked out
1: you're like you had you're like yeah so, so familiar. but yeah yeah i
0: was telling jason i was like i don't know what it is about that guy but mm-hmm. he looks so familiar to me i can't i can't even mm-hmm. you know I, I can't even pinpoint it anyways i didn't really think much of it after that i just you but know then you had
1: to go for a follow-up
0: i went for a follow-up because i was trying you. to get cosette's earrings well one of them fell out yeah and so i was getting it replaced and i was standing there and i was waiting forever it was taking so long because he was doing someone else's ears and so if that wouldn't happen, I would have never realized mm. this. But I saw his little art area like where he does the tattoos and it had a license plate on the wall that said Oregon. And it literally slapped me in the face right there. I was like, oh my gosh, I think it's I think it's Mikey. Like, I think it's this guy, that same guy. And I I didn't want to get my hopes up because I was like, there's no way and no chance that in Utah that this guy would be here. <laughs> yeah. That's At just that time, not that just doesn't Salt Lake happen. City, yeah. <laughs> And so he, when he came out, I was just kind of casual, like, oh, you're from Oregon, huh? And he's like, he's like, yeah, you know, who's asking or whatever. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I was just, here's, I was like, did you ever go to like Chemeketa Community College? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, do you recognize me at all? And I was like, cause I think we knew each other at one point point." and he's like, was I nice? (laughs) (laughs) And and I was like, yeah. And he didn't really remember me at first. He just kind of was like, yeah. And then when I started telling him, I was like, well, do you remember like Josh House? Oh, yeah, of course. And I was like, yeah. Do you remember a white little girl who was like,
1: (laughs) white blonde, you know, totally lost
0: in life. And, you know, you told her to you know, go have this different life. And he was like, yeah, I was like, well, that was me. And I got to say thank you to him. He was like, like his, and this was, to, was his personality then too, was just kind of like, cool. That's awesome. <laughs> like there, he's not, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, let me give yeah. you a hug. It wasn't anything like that. It was just like, I'm so happy. Like, that's great. That was just how he was. He was, yeah, it was, not he not was like always very big. matter of a fact. You're mm-hmm. going to do this. That's how it is. Don't be like me. And I think maybe he had done some more drugs. I'm not really sure. <laughs>
1: No, but he seemed like a nice dude. But yeah. he was
0: a really nice guy. And I just I just thanked him. I just said, hey, I just want you to know that if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have my family now and be where I am now. So I just, I've wanted to say thank you for a lot of years. And you just pierced my daughter's ears. That's awesome. After yeah, 17, 17 years. years. Seven so, kids later. And he, he thought it was really cool. And, you know, and I had, you know, I never saw him again, but, and I'll probably never see him again. But it was a that really is,
1: yeah that's totally cool it was a, it really, was a really cool neat, story yeah yeah and it it might not have an impact on him but yeah at the same time you know you yeah. got to at least say it made me feel to,
0: really amazing that you i get to
1: share a story like this yeah. because this is an important thing too yeah. is is kind of like with your whole sharing life stories yeah is that is something that happened for real. For a reason, And yeah. all these different things that, you know, you are talking about building up to these points in yeah. life. Don't forget that there is a, what is it, the, is that the butterfly effect where mm-hmm. one little thing can change and have an yeah. impact across the world and yeah. across many people because you not making these little decisions mm-hmm. might not have,
0: yeah
1: you might not have your cosette, you might not. Oh, and then I how can't. does our it's kids so impact over, because our kids... Might have an impact in 20 years, 30 yeah. years. So it is pretty, it is pretty amazing. It is crazy. It is and
0: and for people like you could be a teenager or a college, excuse me, or a college student or a mother or a father, and you're going through a really hard time now. And it just seems impossible that you're going to get out of it. And I think back to when I was there and I just thought I'll never get out. Mm-hmm. Like I'm never going to survive but there's always hope yeah. and I want to make that really clear. There's always hope and there's always that light at the end because if you just give up and you just say, well, I guess this is it for me, you know, maybe you really won't come out of it. You be stronger than that and let yourself know there is hope and do whatever you need to do to move forward. Mm -hmm. Don't let it hold you back because oftentimes people do let it hold them back and I could have easily have let it hold me back. Yeah. But that just I always knew like life especially in those life, younger years. I can't have been born just to be abused and hurt and commit suicide. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way that that's why I was born. There ha- there has to be something more to the story than Nisa was born, she was abused, she committed suicide. There that's <laughs> just sad, that's yeah. not that's not the story. So hang in there if you're going through something hard and and know there is hope and there is light and you are loved and you are cared for and you are worthy and you're important
1: that's awesome Nisa. you're awesome yeah. oh, i love you so much you. i love you too thank good you. stories
0: yeah proud of you babe oh thank you you're so nice and we did it in a little less time than our last podcast <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for listening i appreciate every single one of you i love you guys we are going to skip burning questions tonight mm-hmm. and we'll pick it up on next our next time. So send us segment. some of your
1: burning questions and maybe yeah. we'll get some.
0: But I think you're going to get an after show because I'm going to make Jason put the after yeah. show in. <laughs> All right, guys. So
1: even though it says two and a half hours.
0: <laughs> no, it won't be that long.
1: Don't be afraid. <laughs> two and a half hours. It's
0: two and a half hours. No. All right, guys. We love you. Don't forget to live the epic life and inspire someone with your story. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Corn Pops Apple Jacks Apple
1: Jacks and Corn Pops
0: Oh, Fruit Loops yeah. mm.
1: Frosted Flakes
0: mm, Lucky Charms
1: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles
0: <laughs> My Little Pony
1: <laughs> Care Bears uh,
0: Rainbow Bright
1: Um, oh, um Oh my gosh, Smurfs
0: <laughs> Strawberry Shortcake G.I. Joe Um uh, <laughs> I'm done <laughs> you win <laughs> you win the standoff although oh Captain Voltron. Planet Voltron Captain Planet
1: well now you have to go
0: next Captain Planet
1: I said Voltron
0: okay Transformers dang it
1: um He-Man <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a good one how about Sp- Sp- Saved by the Bells can that be one <laughs> that's an old show
1: <laughs> um, <clears throat> Boy Meets World
0: Full House <laughs>
1: uh, um. Oh, that one Oh my gosh! I just said it too. <laughs> Happy days. There's-
0: oh, that's a good one. Uh, little house on the prairie. Seventh heaven. <laughs> Doctor Quinn, medicine woman.
1: <laughs> Murder she wrote.
0: Party of five.
1: I don't you know?
0: I was gonna say that one next. Dang it. <laughs> oh my gosh, okay. Uh <laughs> we're not
1: very good at this. I bet you there I bet you people could just go on and, on and on really like,
0: quick. They're probably like they probably are. They're like, "Oh my gosh, this one is so funny." Ooh, step by step. Step by step. Day West Wing. by day. Ooh. <laughs> ooh, f- um. Ooh, that made me think of um Frasier. Seinfeld. King of Queens. <laughs>
1: That's like a mic drop. Oh. King yeah. of Queens. House.
0: Oh, house is a good one. We're getting a little newer here now. <laughs> We're I coming know. out to the dives. You, win, you win. Let's just go straight to New Amsterdam. Okay. That's the newest show, isn't it? Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Oh, oh. ER. How to be a millionaire.
1: Eh, what's the, um, the, uh, the... Regis and Kelly. N- well, no, but the... <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Why can't I think of the name? I see it. Um, wow.
0: Is it a talk show?
1: No. You, deal you said, or no deal? Deal or no deal. Oh. And I was like, because no. like, it was a game show.
0: Deal or no deal. <laughs> That's funny. I can oh, see the suitcases and everything. There's a game show I used to watch all the time. What was it when I was a kid? Oh, um, the newlywed game show. I used to watch that one. Oh, yeah, I, I remember that. Mm-hmm. All the
1: time. What was the other one? There's a love... What's something called love love or connection? Love connection, yeah, or something.
0: (laughs) Okay, we gotta go. Okay, we gotta go. That, That was actually really fun. Okay.